0: You're listening to the MaritimeGardening.com podcast, episode five. All right, thanks for tuning in to episode five of the Maritime Gardening podcast. We appreciate all of you who have been listening, uh, whether you're a brand new listener or you've been tuning in from episode one. We're having fun producing this show, and uh, we're going to kick this one off um, revealing the winner of the Homey Gardening Tool from Lee Valley that we talked about in episode three. And the winner was Terry Lynn. She was uh, engaging on Facebook and uh, with us directly, and anyway, she ended up being the lucky winner. Uh so congrats Terry Lynn, we'll get that to you as soon as possible. And uh speaking of Terry Lynn and believe it or not, she is not our only listener. Um she has a question that uh that we said we'd feature on this episode. So All right, Greg, how you doing? Doing great. Good, good. So we'll we'll uh, I'll read Terry Lynn's question and then you can answer it and once we're done that, we'll dive into uh To the content of this episode. Terry Lynn says, any ideas of what I can put in extra large planters so that I don't have to fill the entire pot with soil? Going to put herbs in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Herbs don't need a lot. They're just pretty much weeds that we like to eat that make our other foods taste good. And I guess they have some nutrients in them as well. What you can do, I mean, they're only going to need about let's say six inches of soil, They'll be totally fine if you've got six inches of good soil. So if your planters are higher than that, which they probably are, you don't need soil down there. Um, you, you know, if some rocks is fine, but better than rocks, I would say, is any kind of old wood, especially rotten wood, um, leaves, old wood, old leaves, old organic matter like that, but especially old rotten wood. There's a technique of gardening, and I think we're going to talk about this in a future show when we talk about uh, garden boxes, raised garden beds. A technique of gardening called Hugel culture, um, oh, yeah. and it uh, it's a way of gardening uh, that they use in I think it started off somewhere in Germany or uh, maybe Austria. I have to I have to bone up on my facts on this, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, they would get a whole bunch of old dead trees and logs and stuff like that, and make a pile, and uh, like in a in a row, maybe uh, let's say four feet wide by twelve feet long, and they pile that stuff up, and they throw a bunch of leaves on that. And then they'll fire soil on top of that. Hmm. And so they make this big mound. It looks like a mound of earth, but the inner core is all this uh, uh, old rotten wood. Hmm. And what Hmm. it does is that is always breaking down. It it creates a wonderful environment for all the little animals that uh, are all little um, life forms that improve soil. Mm -hmm. But it also sucks up moisture like crazy. So – we often, I mean, the way I was taught is, I mean, you're going to plant a flower in a flower pot, you put rocks in the bottom. But the rocks don't, don't really do a lot other than, you know, lower the center of gravity and keep it from tipping over. Hmm. The benefit of having some old rotten wood is that it's going to suck up water like a sponge. Right. So you won't have to water as often. Hmm. So that's cool. a real advantage is putting that stuff in the bottom, old leaves, old rotten wood. It's going to create a water sponge. And your roots are going to like it too. And if you're lucky, there might even be some of that mycorrhizae in there. Yeah. And also, um, once you've got that in the bottom and you've put your soil in, and you let's say you've got um, herb transplants, I'm going to guess that's what you're doing. This is what most people do. Um, put about an inch of uh, wood chips on top of your soil as well. And that'll keep you from also having to water them as often.
0: Basically like the, the mulching discussed yeah. in episode four. Yeah. yeah. Most of my, even my houseplants
1: in my house, Um, I either have uh, wood chips or I'll put sand on top because I I can't stand that gross white stuff Mm. that starts uh, Mm. appearing on your soil and your plants. So I use sand, uh, like an inch of sand on top, and everything looks so nice and clean. Mm. And uh, the plants are fine because they're growing in the soil. They're not growing in sand. Nice. It's just a nice little
0: trick. Excellent. No, that's good. That's That's a good answer. Thanks for the question, Terry Lynn. And if anybody else listening has any questions for Greg, there's a couple ways you can submit those. You can go directly to our website, maritimegardening.com. You can leave a comment on a particular episode with a question in it. You can uh, scroll down on the site, and on the right-hand side, you'll see a button for recording us a voice message, and you can leave us a voice message up to 90 seconds, and we could feature that in an episode. And additionally, you can uh, leave us a comment on Facebook, just like Terry Lynn did, And um, anyway, those are some ways that you can interact if you do have a particular question. So let's uh, move along to today's uh, content. Greg, you can uh, fire away. Uh,
1: Today we're going to talk about all the things you need to do at the end of May, early June. Um, We're going to talk about some tips and tricks that can uh, increase your odds of success when uh, trying to get things to germinate or putting transplants in. And uh, we're also just going to talk about dealing with the the temperature, the heat, and whatever microclimate you may have where you're living, because it's different for everyone. Right. Yeah. So that's the topics we're going
0: to talk cool. about. Cool. And one more thing I wanted to say was I know a lot of our uh, chit-chat back and forth is sometimes Nova Scotia-related, because that's where Greg and I both happen to live, but uh, where the show is, uh, is indeed titled Maritime Gardening, we're... We're assuming that uh, these theories and ideas will definitely be applicable all throughout the Maritime. So if you're outside Nova Scotia, don't feel left out. All right. No,
1: no. This is all I mean, this is really just a Zone 4, 5, and 6 gardening show. And also, think of it that way. It's a gardening show for people gardening in Zones uh, yeah. 4, 5, and 6. right? And also people dealing with uh, ocean effects—you uh, mm. know, micro—you know—the various right. kinds of microclimates that can result from ocean effect and all that variability. So, gr- sure. growing conditions in Fredericton would be very different than uh, growing conditions in uh, Saint John or or someplace right on the coast. Right, uh, right.
0: Excellent. So, what are we going to start with here? Transplants? Yeah. So, well, I guess I should start with seeds. Okay. Because yeah. they sort of come first. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, I guess they
0: do, don't they? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, they're both connected. So this is the time of year where you plant everything. Everything you haven't planted, you can plant it now, unless unless I'm not thinking of something. Everything I can think of that you'd want to eat in, in, in June, July, August, September, you want to put it in now. Uh, if you haven't planted cool weather things, you can still plant them. If you haven't planted Swiss chard yet, you can plant it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd planted it a month ago, you'd be further along. But it doesn't matter. It's just going to grow. It'll just grow a lot faster anyway. So all the cool weather things that we discussed uh, in episode two. I think it was. um, You can put those in now. That's fine. Uh, But also all the things you couldn't have planted then because they like warm soil and uh, heat. um, You can start putting those in. So, okay, this is a better topic. This is a way of looking at it. Would you use a transplant or a seed? Why use seeds? Why use transplants? Uh, we tend to use transplants because certain plants take a long time to come to maturity where they're going to bear, bear fruit. I'm talking about things like the cucumbers, eggplant, tomatoes, cantaloupe, you know, all those things that bear fruit, they take, well, they have to mature first and then they got to flower and then they got to get pollinated and then they got to fruits got to grow. So all that takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That's why we plant greens early because they're not bearing fruit. We're just, we're eating everything. We're yeah. not eating the fruit; we're eating the plant. Right. Um, so it's a different sort of process, and they tend to come along a lot quicker because we're we're eating a different part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All these fruit bearing things they take a while. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of the fruit bearing things they're not necess- They're not indigenous to here. They're, right. right. You know, we, we, we trick them into thinking they're growing somewhere closer to the equator, mm-hmm. uh, where conditions are more favorable. A lot of those things, if you know, anything indigenous to here that does well here. Uh, it, it's something that could grow outside and it could go to seed and the seeds could fall on the ground and then those seeds would grow the next year on their own, like right. everything in the forest. Um, a lot of, uh, plants that won't happen. The seeds won't survive the winter. They'll just rot cause they don't like being subjected to minus 20. Yeah. <laughs> cause they come from somewhere warmer.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, anyway, that's just a general discussion of that. Um, but that being said, so you would think you should transplant all of those things because you want them to start. They're going to just keep bearing fruit until, in the case of a lot of transplants, they're going to bear fruit until it just gets too cold for them to live, and then they'll just die. But some plants don't like being transplanted; they just do not like it. Um, they they'll survive it, but it sets them back. It, it, it they're not happy. And I've I've done experiments like that. I've like uh, spinach, for instance. I've planted spinach directly as a seed into the ground. And I've put right next to the seeds, a, a separate row where I had transplanted spinach that was started uh, more than four weeks pl- prior. And within a month, the seeds I'd direct seeded were bigger <laughs> than the transplants. Because mm-hmm. a lot of things, when you when you put it in the soil like that, it really shocks it. And it spends the first week or two just trying to not to die, trying to survive, trying to adapt to the new conditions. Right. Um, and uh, some transplants are like that. Um, a, a lot of squashes, for instance, they always sell them at uh, you know places you can buy transplants, but uh, I've seen it firsthand. You're so much better at any sort of pumpkin, cucumber, any sort of squash like that, a zucchini. Um, it makes logical sense. Well you know, it's only a couple dollars, I'm going to buy a transplant, I'm going to be so much further ahead, but that seed, they grow so fast when the conditions are the way they want, and the roots are just going to go right down, and they're going to take hold, and they're going to take off. The speed they'll grow at when they've never been moved is incredible. Hmm. Uh, if you're, you know, if your soil's fertile, if you've got good soil, assuming yeah. that, everything I'm saying here is assuming you've got really nice, healthy soil. right? So, uh, transplants um, certain things uh, people tend to use uh, tomato transplants. It takes a heck of a long time there 's only a handful of varieties of tomatoes that grow really fast that might uh, might be red mm-hmm. before it gets too cold for them to be red and you just have to pick them all green and make one hundred bottles of green tomato chow right, yeah. um, so uh uh, tomatoes are something people tend to transplant. Uh, eggplants are another one. I'm doing an experiment this year. I, I just bought some eggplant transplants today. And this is a variety that it matures in 75 days. Uh, but I also bought some seeds online for a variety that's supposed to mature in 50 days. So I'm going to direct seed the 50-day ones. And I'm putting the transplants in for the 75-day ones.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: curious to see you know, which one is going to bear fruit first. Nice. Generally speaking, I try to limit the amount of things I transplant. I try to just start everything from seed in the soil where the seed's going to live. I just find even if it takes a little longer, once those seeds get established, they take off so fast that um, in the end it doesn't matter. They're doing so well. But there are some things I transplant because I really like them and I just don't have the time. There, there isn't enough time where we live, especially where I live. It's quite cool where I live. So I have to use transplants, and those things are uh, eggplant, uh, tomatoes, and peppers Uh, because they just take so long to get going, Uh, especially peppers. Sometimes they can take a heck of a long time just to germinate, Hmm. Um, and I really like, you know, they're very expensive to buy as a food, and uh, we really like them in my family. Everybody in the house likes to eat them, Mm -hmm. even the eggplants, if you can believe the kids eat eggplants. Really? well, we used to have to put a gun to their head, but now they just yeah. do it. But uh, <laughs> it's a process. Yeah, it is. Um, so
0: he's just making a joke, people. <laughs>
1: exactly. <like we> <laughs> but even when you're transplanting um, those sorts of things, you have to be very aware of the conditions where you are. Is your soil warm? Put your hand on the soil. Does it feel like like you're putting your hand on someone's body? You know. Um, you, you should feel heat in the soil. And even if you feel heat in the soil, because those things, tomatoes, eggplant, and um peppers, if the soil's too cold, and I've seen this personally, the roots will literally die. So last year I put my tomatoes in really early. Um well actually I put them in around this time of year, but it was a different kind of year last year. Everything right. was freezing. Yeah. And what happened was that I planted the let's say I planted them about I planted them a little bit deeper. That's another thing I'll talk about tips and tricks, but I planted the tomato a little bit deeper than what had been growing in the uh, transplant uh, potting medium. Um, But the roots, all the roots from below the first inch, they all died. Mm. The the tomato was looking, the plant just looked off. It didn't die. It survived, but it looked horrible. It looked like it had some terrible disease. Mm. And then when I dug down, I said, well, forget this guy. I'm just going to kill you. know, throw him in a compost heap and start over. And when I dug down, what I saw and I looked at almost like a cross-section of the soil was that all the roots below the top inch of soil had died. Hmm. So the only roots that, it, that lived were the ones that were in the top little bit of soil where it wasn't freezing cold because the right. heat hadn't gotten down to that depth yet. Right. So you know, move back your mulch if you've, you know you're already mulching your garden. And put your hand on the soil. Is it warm? And then start, you know, work your hand down and start feeling where it gets cold. And if it's so cold that working and it makes your hands numb, it's, it's not, not gonna it, work. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, so if that's and that's that's a rule for any sort of heat-loving transplant. You know, anything that you can't put out till after Victoria Day, we're again that general rule. Um, um, I'm just talking about tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers here. But there's other things that fall into that category. Um, if if, it's, if the soil is cold, then at, at the very least, don't plant them at that depth. And there's a trick to that. So let's say you go down three inches and the soil is fine. Four inches is cold. So it, if you have a tomato, what you can do is sort of lay the tomato over, and plant the you know the, the sort of root plug of that tomato in the not not too deep. You plant the tomato sideways and then just turn the tomato upwards. So it almost – the tomato has a 90-degree – you bend the stem 90 degrees. Hmm. And then you just pack some earth around that and sort of um, get it to stand up. And a lot of people plant tomatoes that way because the submerged part of the stem will actually start throwing out roots. And Hmm. after about a month or so, it's going to have a huge amount of roots because you're just increasing the root amount. And that'll benefit the plant because all those roots are going to be gathering more water, nutrients, and so forth. Um, But it's also a way of getting that plant, you know, you're lowering its profile, so not as much of it's out in the air. And you're going to increase the root mass, but you're also not planting it deep into the ground where it's colder.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Another
1: trick is, let's say it's just cold. Once you get back below the mulch and you get like down an inch, it's cold. You can feel it's cold. Um, Instead of planting it that day, Take those transplants and put them somewhere and um, put something over the soil where you're going to plant them It's going to heat it up. So you can put uh, some see through plastic. So it'll act like a, you know, just put some plastic down and yeah. down with a few rocks and let the sun work at that for a couple of days and it's, it's going to heat everything up.
0: Or that fantastic landscaping fabric. That's the
1: next thing I was going to so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You're listening, Dave. I'm trying. So that landscaping fabric, which is good for nothing, is actually very good for that because it also lets the water through so that soil won't dry out. Um, So you're going to have like hot, moist soil, which is just great, right? You're going to create this little sort of greenhouse effect inside of there. Um, So, yeah, put the landscaping fabric over there, put a few rocks over it and just wait a couple days. Um, while that, uh, soil warms up, you know, you want to get really technical. You can get a thermometer in there and you, know, you can Google what temperature each of those things want. I'm not going to get into those details here, but
0: yeah.
1: you should feel some heat there. You should feel yeah. not cold. It shouldn't be like, Whew, that's, you know, that's the cold. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't feel like deep down in the earth. It shouldn't be five degrees Celsius. It should be warmer than that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's a trick, um, Another one, oh, another thing I was going to talk about was when you buy transplants, depending on where you get them, they may or may not be hardened off. So let's talk about hardening off. Um, A lot of transplants, especially if you grew them in your house, um, but also if you're buying them, it depends on where you're getting them from and what their process is. But if they've been grown under artificial light or if they've been grown in a greenhouse that blocks a lot of the different uh, wavelengths of the sun. Once they are taken outside and the real sun hits them, sometimes that sun can just, like, destroy them.
0: Hmm.
1: It's amazing. Like, you'll have a plant that you've got in a window in your house, which is doing fine.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's getting sun all day, but it's through a window. Well, it's not getting the full spectrum of, of the sun. It's right. just getting certain kinds of sun radiation. There's certain things that are being blocked by that. Uh, glass. Mm -hmm. So once you put them outside, you'll see the leaves will turn white. They'll just die. Uh, And the plant will either die or it'll almost die and then have this, it'll take like three, four weeks for it to come back. Mm. So you've lost all of that. So how do you avoid that? So you, you do this thing called hardening off. And there's different ways to do it. The way everyone says is, you know, well, you put it outside for you know, one hour, one day and two hours, the next day. And Oh my God, you know, like that's just sort of, you know, two hours, one day, you know, for a couple of days you put them out when you come home from work. Yeah. And then for a couple of days you put them out, uh, you know, anyway, there's different ways to do it. But for me the easiest way is assuming it's warm enough outside. Um, cause hardening off isn't really about, it's about a number of things. It's about the plant adapting to wind because they've been protected so that they can sort of get a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. It's also about the plant adapting to the temperature extremes. And it's also about, um, and primarily the most dangerous thing for your plant, is about it uh, adapting to raw, pure, 100% sun. Mm -hmm. So one way around that is to take the transplants and put them in a a cardboard box. So there's a bit of wind protection. A cardboard box that's got sides that are as high or higher than your plants. Right. And the first couple of days, put them on the north side of your of your home. If you don't have a house, that's a whole other thing. But maybe you can put them on if you've got a fire escape or a deck or something. But mm-hmm. you put them on the north side of your home for let's say two three days, and because that way they're only going to get indirect sunlight. They're not going to get direct sunlight. Now, they right. might get a little bit, maybe at you know high noon. They're going to get a bit of direct. They're going to get very little direct sunlight. Yeah. Um, but they're going to get exposed to the temperature variation. They're going to get exposed to wind. And then after about, let's say, three days, then you move it to the east side of your house so that they're going to get the morning sunlight, which isn't quite, you know, the morning sunlight is, is warm, but it's not as intense as the afternoon sun because it's, it's cooler, the air is cooler. So you put them on the east side of your house for a few days and then you move them to the west side of your house and then, you know, um, then you know you can either put them directly in the ground or maybe a couple more days on the south side. So these are all things you can do with your plants while you're trying to heat your soil up, mm. right? Because you've got to wait anyway. Let's say you buy them because you're at the you know, the hardware store, or wherever you're getting your transplants, and you get home and oh my God, the soil's too cold to put them in. So it's a perfect time to harden them off. That said, a lot of um, greenhouses or uh, what are they called? Nurseries. Yeah. Um, their plants are already hardened off. You can just stick them right in the ground. And they're fine. Mm. Um, so you ask them wherever you're buying, whatever garden center you're at, just ask them. Have these been hardened or what? Um, and they'll, they'll tell you, you know, if, if you can just stick them in the ground. Mm, nice. So that's transplants. Um, seeds, same sort of thing. You know, a lot of seeds need a certain temperature to germinate. So uh, if you're putting your, you know, pumpkins or zucchini or you know whatever kind of heat loving seeds, uh, the beans. This is a good time to plant beans now because the soil is warm enough. Um, if you want to ensure that they germinate or accelerate the germination, do something to heat that soil up. Mm. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't heat the soil for a couple of days before I put them on. I just I'd put them in the ground and put that, uh, black stuff or some clear plastic or something over there. The black stuff is better in a sense because you don't have to keep coming back and watering it if there's, if there's right. rain. With the plastic, you got to peel it off and water it and weight it down. If you don't weight it right, it blows mm. all over the place. I actually had plastic blow across my garden the other day and break an apple tree uh, wow. <laughs> just, wow. i taped it back together we'll see how it does yeah. um and that's a apple tree that i ran over with a lawnmower last year <laughs> um my ride on So that apple tree is just not destined
0: to <laughs> no. have a really tough time you'll have to keep us posted <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> Um, so yeah, all those kinds of seeds, whether they're you know, beans or all your squashes, I would really strongly advising against buying transplants for them. Buy the seeds, put the seeds in the ground, and uh, and get that soil nice and warm. And you, you won't regret it. They'll come in so fast and so hard. Hmm. Uh, another thing you might have to do is, like certain plants, and this is the case where I live, where it's cool, is I cannot get. Uh, peppers to grow where I am. I'm out, in, sort of near Peggy's Cove-ish sort of area, and I get a cool breeze coming off the ocean all the time. There's just an Atlantic Ocean effect here, and uh, if the weather's going the wrong way, it's, it can be 10 degrees difference from here mm. to the 10 minute drive from here can be 10 degrees warmer. Right. So it's really not ideal. Uh, not an ideal microclimate for peppers, which like heat. They like heat, and they don't even like wind. They don't like wind, and they don't like heat. And here I am living near the north, planet, yeah, yeah. on a hill. Yeah. You know. uh, so I have to trick them into thinking they're living somewhere else. So what I do for those heat-loving plants is I build a hoop house. A hoop house. A what now? With this, <laughs> a what with the what now? Uh, a hoop house is a... Uh, Imagine a a garden bed that's let's say four feet by ten feet long. Well, you you put hoops across the width of it, not the length, the width, um, so that it looks like half a cylinder. Okay. Okay. It's like it's a, it's a cylindrical structure that you put. Over the top, and you put plastic over that cylindrical structure and you leave it open at both ends so air will go through there and moisture will go through there. So it's, it's not ideal for me because I like the gardens to take care of themselves. And with a hoop house, you've got to, you know, be aware of the water conditions in there. Mm-hmm. But if it's open on either end and it's not too long, like my Pepper hoop house last year. I don't really recall having to water it too much. The peppers were. It's not a high raised bed garden. It's only six inch uh, six inch box, so it's very low. And there's water in the ground. You know, there's just a groundwater ground. You know, there's always water in the ground. So even though the the hoop was sort of protecting it from rain, it seemed to. In the evening, I guess there was a mist that would get in there. I never watered those peppers, and they—the ones near the edge on the outside that got more rain, the ones in the middle—doesn't seem to be any difference in size. Hmm. So, seem to work well. Interesting. A great trick for building a quick and dirty hoop house. I mean, this is so fast. Uh, You gotta have some plastic, Hmm. and you gotta have a means to sort of hold the plastic down. You can use rope or weights. There's different tricks you can do depending on how fancy you want everything to look. But if you want a quick and dirty hoop house, let's say you have a buck. So, like, my garden is uh, like a 2 by 6 frame, mm-hmm. four, 4 feet by 10 feet. And between the very top of the soil and the top of the wood, there's a, an inch or two. Okay? So there's about 2 inches of lip all yeah. around. And I buy this stuff at the hardware store. It's like $9. It's called concrete wire remesh. And what concrete wire remesh is, that's a technical term. Okay. Uh, is just it's a mesh. It's a heavy steel wire mesh that's in a four by eight sheet. Okay, mm. so it looks like a fence. Okay, it's it's a heavy steel too. Like it would be, you can bend it. It's bendy, but it's not like flimsy. Right. And all I do with that uh, remesh is I just stick it, uh, sort of. I bend it into a bow. I should, I'll take a picture. Yeah, I was going to say we'll
0: definitely have to put a picture. I, I just this.
1: put this together yesterday because I, I, the peppers are going in. Um, even though it's a bit early here, it's close and it's warm, and I got mm-hmm. the hoop house, so I'm confident they'll be okay. And if yeah. they're not, I'll just buy I'll just buy more transplants and yeah. I'll spend another two dollars. Yeah. Uh, I'll get over it. So <laughs> it's worth risking two bucks. Yeah. I'll know very quickly if it, if they're going to make it or not. Anyway, you just you just bend that thing over and you put your plastic over it, and you've got an instant hoop house. It's so easy to do, and it makes a huge difference because it keeps the wind and uh, really heats up the soil in there and makes everything happy. Mm. Uh, so nice. um, a general comment here about, you know, is my area cool or is my area hot? I think a way of looking at it, I think about the conditions that are, have the differences between where I live now and when I used to live in Wolfville, when I lived in Wolfville, both our houses, we never had air conditioning. Right. When I lived in Wolfville, there was probably a couple, a string of weeks every summer where we we were always saying, man, we should get an air conditioner. Oh, my God. Right. It's so hot. I can't sleep. Yeah oh, uh, we got to get an air conditioner. No, we can't. Oh, yes, let's get one. No, no. We'd argue. If you live somewhere where there's a period, a stretch of days in the summer where you really, really, really wish you had an air conditioner, the fan just doesn't do it, opening all the windows in your house doesn't seem to do it, yeah. you're probably living somewhere hot. Yeah. Uh, where I live, there might be one day a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And even then, by like 11 o'clock at night, if I get it's the windows perfect. open, problem solved, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that problem here. In the hottest days of the year where everybody's dying, I'm, I can sit in my living room and yeah. with you know a t
0: shirt with pants on. Nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fine. Yeah.
1: You know? I can wear a t shirt and pants and I'm not like, yeah. you know, I'm not drinking uh, mint medjool or whatever. You're
0: not blowing um, ice with a fan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, if you live
1: in one of those really hot areas, then you don't have to wait quite as long for um, a lot of those things. It's, it's worth waiting if you're not sure, and you think it's cold where you are. It's worth waiting. Like I'm not putting my uh, uh, squash seeds in this week. I'm going to wait one more week. Mm-hmm. every year I t- I make a little list of things that worked and things that didn't work, and the number one thing on my list was for the love of God, do not plant any of your squashes until June 1st. It just it's just not working, you know. <laughs> right. Because uh, what happens is if you plant something too early. You know, you plant it. And you put some little marker where you planted it, and then a week goes by. It's not come up, yeah. right? Most of those things are going to come up in a week. Yeah. So it's not up, and you're like, "Oh, should I replant? Did the seed rot and die? Yeah. Hold the seed will rot and die, yeah. or did it? So you start trying to dig them up and trying to find them and messing <laughs> around and. And you're still not sure, so you wait another week, and then you wait, in, you know, after the three weeks now, yeah. you've waited, and you've finally said, you know what, I think that plant, the seed died. Now yeah. I gotta replant, and now you're back three weeks. Yeah. So if you wait another week, you know, and you know the soil's nice and warm, and you've got that confidence, you're not gonna second guess.
0: Right. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Cool.
1: And for putting that black mesh on and stuff like that, you know, I would put it on, and, you know, don't bother, as long as it's getting water and all that sort of stuff don't keep checking it, you know, for mm-hmm. at least six days. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, wait a week, wait five, five days to a week. And after that, start checking it every day. Cause as soon as it's come under the soil, you got to get all that stuff off, mm. get it off. Cause it's going to be, it's warm enough. It's going to be, you know, well, and if there's plastic over it, it's going to be nuclear. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Too hot. Too hot. I, I have a experimental, uh, hothouse. I was telling Dave about the one I made out of junk. And, uh, the thermometer broke in it the other day. <laughs> the, the, the thermometer goes to 50 and it broke. Wow. So, I mean, the plants are still alive, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it was like Death Valley in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it broke a thermometer. So, it was probably 20 degrees that day. It probably happened on Saturday. Yeah, was
0: that was alive. a warm day. That was so a warm. I, day. I learned something about it. And just that. so people know, we're always about a week ahead or behind, however you want to look at it, With these episodes we're recording somewhere <laughs> along the week ahead. So in the last episode, we talked about The Long Weekend, when The Long Weekend already happened, just so you know. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, I learned something about uh, hothouses, and uh, you know, this might the first one I'd ever really made like that. I, I guess it was too hot.
0: Sounds like it was a, a success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was successful insofar as it's hot. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, wherever you live, Make you're gonna have to make your own decision, and if things don't go right, then just make a note of that and adjust your plan next year. It's uh, as I had mentioned in the previous show, gardening is a lifelong process, you're always going to learn new things, you're always going to make mistakes, and uh, it's always worth trying. You know, I'm going to plant some tomatoes. I got a thing saying, Don't plant tomatoes till June 1st, and I bought some today, and I'm planting them today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I just can't help it. Can't um, help it. and I think I may have even mention that in a previous show, and I'm doing it. It's a week. I mean, yeah. what the heck? You well, know? Let
0: us know how it goes. And... But
1: I'm going to check the soil temperature. You know, if the soil yeah. temperature is not right, then I'm not putting them in. Right. That's if the soil temperature is not right, then forget about Take it.
0: Take your own advice. Yes, that yeah.
1: that is definitely primer. Prim- very, very, primer.
0: very good. Very good. All right. Well, that, uh, that eats up all our time today. To catch the show notes where we'll throw a picture or two and an outline of everything that was covered, just go to MaritimeGardening.com slash 005. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks again, Greg. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. bye bye